0: You got to prove yourself every single day that you're on the job.
1: Within three years of release, two out of three ex offenders are rearrested. Clearly, something is broken. It's time we strategize ways to prevent repeat offenses. Our brainstorming session starts now. Welcome to a prisoner's pardon. Welcome to a Prisoner's Pardon Podcast. I'm your host, Michi J. Today, we are finishing up my conversation with Claude Williams about how women prisoners, in particular, find hardships assimilating back into society and how the church figures into this. Let's continue that conversation. They do come and they do humble themselves to to ask for help, but a lot of times they don't have that support, even in a church with family. They have things that's not available to them. So if they don't have the halfway house, like you said, and then you said the church tried to set up a halfway a sort of uh, what do you say? a sort of roof house.
0: Yeah, It's called a roof house.
1: And um, could you like have done it without sex offenders or just do a separate house for sex offenders? Was well, that possibly an option?
0: It, it, it was possibly an option. But then you if you are a sex offender that's getting out of jail and you were in my Bible study group and we tell you we have this place for you to come to and we don't know what the women are in there for. Mm -hmm. You know, there's there's no nothing that says, oh, this person's a sex offender. This person was a murderer. This person's in here for drugs. So you don't know that. So you're talking to these ladies and you're giving them hope and then they get out. And they want to come to you. And then you tell them, no, you can't come. After preaching to them about society's ills, uh, I have just perpetuated everything that society said. And now my witness, my character as a Christian, mm-hmm. is called into question, are you really who you say you are? And then why would I want to come to your church if when I come to your church... You treat me like the world, you just turn me away. And you don't even try to help me. And I hide behind an excuse that says, Well, I can't help you because um, you're a sex offender. That doesn't do that particular person any good. They know they're a sex offender, or they went in for a sex crime. But that's not the person who they are today as they was 25 years ago. That's why I said our laws have become very, very punitive in nature because all they want to do is punish you. They don't want to try to meet you where you are and help you improve your situation. The law states that, okay, you go to jail. If I can give you some training and some education, I can help you get your G- GED if you didn't finish high school. I can even help you get a college diploma. But what good is all of that when I come out and there's nothing available for me to do because you now have a system that states that, yes, I did my time for the crime I committed. I served my 20 years. Then I get out. Now I'm on, I'm on parole for another five or 10 years. And I got this person constantly harassing me, you know. They'll come up to my job and they'll check on me. And Mm -hmm. now my job is like, you know, oh, this person is being checked on. Obviously, it may be something wrong if their parole officer is coming to check on them here at the job. Do I want this kind of person working for me? There was a couple young ladies that I know that got out and they were working at fast food restaurants. And um, I remember stopping in the one and I was talking to. Uh, one of the young ladies asking her how she was doing and she mm-hmm. was trying to tell me and her supervisor, who was a person much younger than her, was belittling her. Did anybody tell you you could talk to him? I ain't paying you to talk to him. Get your mop and start doing this. You know, here is a a grown woman wanting to talk to someone that she knew. That's so I told her, I said, you know what, don't lose your job over me. Go, on, you know, go head on and, you know, do what you got to do. Then a bunch of his friends came in and they were sitting around laughing and talking, being very loud. Who reprimands that person? Hmm. You can't even say anything to that person because that young person is your boss. They're telling you what to do.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: And it's you're going to do what I say, not what I do. It's okay for me to talk and fraternize and have it up with my friends. But you can't do it with your people because you're, you're a convict. You need this job. Mhm-, you know yeah,
1: that's gonna be pretty a tough situation to yes. yeah, and so we really need to support them on how to handle conflict like that uh, because it's gonna come. I mean, we get it ourselves at, in our workplace at times for you know just not learning how to overcome conflict like that i i, I imagine it's harder for them because of that stigma and that feeling that shame and you know. I would imagine it's really hard and my heart just you know is saddened by that this is like it is we are able they're able to get through this is you know preparing them for it are they prepared for it when they come out yes give them hope but also tell them the things that they will be facing and how would they handle that issue give them some sort of practice or some sessions of having those sort of um scenarios like even with the parenting if you have a A a child that wants to hit you or talk back, how are you going to react? Have them go through these examples, you know, and actually act it out because it's hard, you know, and we want them to succeed. But, you know, it's going to be it's going to be harder. But once they get through it, they're going to be so the best people ever that can help us with you know, getting through, you know, people that haven't been in jail before, just going through issues, they're going to be able to help other people. And once they get through um, this, you know, this sort of wilderness, I think, and I think they are such an asset and they, we need to give them hope, letting them know once they get through this, this is what they need to do. They need to get back. Um, And it's unfortunate that we do have a lot of things that's um, just not set up right. But I like what you are doing with the young lady just to give her hope. And I don't know, you know, it's going to happen, but you have to be prepared. You know, just can't be, oh, woe is me. You know, it's so bad. You know, like, OK, that is bad. But what, what are you going to do? You know, we need to get you to know how to get through that so you can get to your promised land somewhat. So where you can be the one giving back to society and helping others be able to work with their children, especially working with other inmates, you know, prisoners that's getting out and training them to say, Hey, this is what to expect, you know, once you are out. So just, you know, I definitely applied what you were doing. And this is, I didn't know all this stuff and it's especially with the sex offenders and the housing situation, the job situation, like, what are we doing to support them um, we want to make sure we have the right support and also helping them to transform on the inside I believe and that's the that um, examples and having them reenact certain things and um, where's their their state of mind at because we this recidivism rate is way too high especially in the Black community it's so it's too high it's like 75 percent so yeah
0: and and I think the reason why is because of the way society views yeah. ex, ex-convicts. It's, it's just like racism between Black and white uh, on the outside. It's the same as between Black and white on the inside. So when you get out, white people who can go in for the same crime, it's okay to give them a second chance because the majority of the businesses are owned by them, people who look like them, and they feel that they deserve a second chance. Whereas when you are a person of color,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know you don't deserve a second chance. So by me even trying to help you, you need to prove yourself. Hmm. And you don't just have to prove yourself for today. You got to go in the next day and prove yourself. You got to prove yourself every single day that you're on the job. And you can be doing the best job between you and your white counterpart. And y'all both could have both just gotten out of jail.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But the moment something comes up missing or broken, the black person or the person of color is going to be the one that is uh, viewed upon as having done it. And they have to prove their innocence when you could have video evidence that show that it's not them. That's the only way as a person of color you get free from it is you have to be able to prove beyond a shadow of a doubt. Whereas your white counterpart can say, well, it's not me. I wasn't there. It was it was Claude. <laughs> I think that's the frustrating part for a lot of people is mm-hmm. is that they have, you know, Why do I always have to prove myself? You know, I could be working for you for five years and never had nothing go wrong in five years. The moment you think I did something, you're ready to fire me. And you're gonna take somebody else's word over mine, and I've been working for you.
2: Mm
1: -hmm.
0: You know, those are the obstacles Mm -hmm. that they face. You know, even yeah, Yeah,
1: it's I think they face it and they and unfortunately we can't legalize morality and that's the enemy at work we know who the enemy is and it's um and it's not a black or white issue it comes through anybody I've seen jerks in all races I mean it's only one race human race but in all ethnicities but it's like we need to yes face that and um when we see it try to get that okay. fixed but we also need to train them our our people coming out how to respond because they have to be responsible for their you know their response to that and they need to know how to handle that and you, we're not just going to get around that because everybody faces obstacles so this is an obstacle you know that they will face especially coming out of prison you know they have that stigma how do they react to it they have to know that You coming from behind, but it's not insurmountable. And they're going to be the better than a person that hasn't been in prison before. It hasn't lost everything. And um, I think once they get themselves together, they are they are the one of our prized citizens that we need in our society. Come over all that and just can pull people together, and especially other offenders coming out because. We need them to help with that, just go into this particularly, you know, uh, area of focus. And I really would like to see some of the people, the family members be able to I like what you said. You said that if they can employ their family members, if they can get into a business and start getting stuff together for them to come out to have their own business so that they have in a place for them to be able to work for them and making sure they get a second chance as well but you know but yes we need to do more I've met some employers that actually do employ ex-offenders I'm not sure about sex offenders though but I do know there's some um, employers that do do that but um, I can probably get those resources but yeah, that's. I'm definitely agreeing with you. There is an issue. There definitely is an issue. But they need to know how to respond. They, you know, they can't be going off, and they're still going to be held accountable. If like, what did you say? The mother, she hit him back. I mean, she, she, she put him down.
0: Yeah. She. Yeah. Yeah. They got into an actual physical confrontation, mm-hmm. and you know, the son was much bigger than the mother, and he thought he was going to just, you know be able to beat on her, mm-hmm. but her years of experience in fighting in, in prison taught her how to r- break you down to her size. And then once she got him on the ground, it was over for him. That's because a lot of young kids today or young people, they they don't fight, they shoot. So when you yeah. actually mm-hmm. get into a physical altercation with someone, you know, yeah, you may be physically bigger than me, But if I know where to hit you to to get you to double over and come down to my size, (laughs) now your physical appearance is no longer looms over me. And once I get you on Mm -hmm. the ground Mm -hmm. and you're on your back or you're laying on your stomach, it's even worse because I can either start kicking you in the head, kicking you in the face, kicking you in the ribs. There's a lot of different places where I can kick or stomp on you to even neutralize your size even more. Yeah, and that's what the mother did.
1: Yeah, she knew know. she she knew how to fight because she was in an environment where you had to fight like that. Yeah, and she it is just like you know what we coming back to is knowing how do you find it difficult to ask for help? Um, maybe maybe you're facing a hard issue now in your life, and um, you're hesitating to talk to someone. I wonder did she talk to someone? You know, it would be my question. Like uh, other options. Because the last thing I want is like, I don't want, I didn't want her um, going back to jail because that was a straight enemy working through her son to get her. She, you know, I believe God has something for her, you know, and for everyone. And he, uh, enemy throws out things to stop you. And this would be, if I was the enemy, that's the way I would have done it. I would have worked through her son. <laughs> like, so we, and, and, and they need to look at this. The situation like this is you no, know, it's, it's a war. It's a battle. It's going to be a battle. It's a battle for all of us. And, um, it's tough, you know, it's very tough. And I, um, I apply your church because it's not many churches that do prison ministry anymore. And how many times a week are you up there or months Are you up? In well, well we,
0: we, we go once a month. That was the arrangement that we had made when we first started going Uh, The ladies would like for us to come more, but um, right now in our ministry, there's just three of us and um, one young lady. Mm. Yes, just three of us. Yes. One young lady who who I introduced you to, Minister Jackson, she can't drive. Mm -hmm. So, and because our ministry is up at Cheetah, which is in Fond du Lac, so she can't go unless I drive her up there. And then the other person that goes with us, Mm-hmm. Is a pastor out of Green Bay mm-hmm. uh, who used to be a uh, well, he's still a member of our church, but he when he moved to Green Bay, he started a branch of our church in Green Bay. And so he lives oh. in Green Bay. And oh. so the three of us, we're the last three that are really standing. what, uh, there been,
1: what about the, can someone join it if they're not a part of your church? or do they need to become a member to to do it? I just wanted somebody yeah. may be interested.
0: You know, that is a is a very good question. It has come up on several occasions
1: mm-hmm.
0: because um, we have had people from other churches that want to come. But the thing that our pastor, uh, our former pastor worried about is, are you going to be teaching the same doctrine that would promote our church? And a positive light. And what he meant by that is, you know, you, you can't go up there saying this is what I believe and this is what I think. And mm-hmm. yes, um, all for lack of, you know, all white people are the devil. No, <laughs> they're not. Mm-hmm. And you have to be careful who you let represent you,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know, because not everybody. Has good intentions. That's you true. know, I mean, as the old saying goes, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. And some people may not, you know, want to talk positive about you, your church. Well, I don't really go to that church. <laughs> and this is the <laughs> reason why. I may not like you. So I don't like your church because I don't like you. Is that fair to your whole church because I don't like you? So that is one of the things that. You know, we have explored throughout the time that we've been going up there and and this marks our 30th year going up there. We started going up there in 1992. Mm -hmm. And uh, so this is our 30th year going up there.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. And, um, you know, so our church has a really good reputation.
1: That is and, a long time, 30
0: years. Yeah, wow. yes. And I've been there for all 30 years, too. Wow. I'm the only <laughs> one. I am the last of the original five that went. And um, unfortunately, three of them have been called on home to glory, you know, um, so that they can no longer be a part of the ministry, you know, and then the other or oh, six, the other two original people. Uh, One lives in Austin, Texas, and I don't know where the other lady stays. I think she's still in the city, but her family left the church in the early 2000s and, you know, we just lost touch.
1: Everybody is just losing employees, you know, people or servants to help with things. But um, this is really good information about um, what you know, people face when they come out of prison, how the obstacles they have and um, how we have to be patient in understanding and encouraging them and offer them jobs and um, the support that they would need. So we do always say, you know, for us, the church come as you are, but at times uh, the church even has problems in um, not being judgmental to people because Christ. You know, he talked to everyone. And I, I just wish all of us did the same thing and just love people like he did. And I know there are safety issues and things like that, but you know, you do you're careful, but you always show love and respect towards people that you're supposed to treat people. That's the second commandment, right, God? To treat others as you would have them treat you, right?
0: Well, 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 that's that's the great commandment that yeah. Jesus gave. Uh he says. He summed up all the commandments with these two. First, love the Lord oh. your God with all your, your heart, heart, all your mind, all your soul, and all your strength.
2: Right.
1: And
0: the second is likened unto the first. Love thy neighbor as yes. thyself.
1: Yes. You that's know? the second one.
0: And um, so think, yeah. So so yes, we should we we should love everyone.
1: Love everyone. Uh, so what do you say? The last question here, what do you say to a person that's coming out because you 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 talk to them all the time. What would you tell them before they come out what to expect or what should they do? Or well,
0: know? I tell the ladies that I work with the most that when you um when you know that your coming out date, say it's August 1st, mm-hmm. you begin planning today for your exit strategy. And so that means I am calling my family members first to see if they are able to take me in. And if not, then I'm going to whatever social services are available and asking if they have a halfway house. And then I don't want to let all my friends that didn't get caught <laughs> that I used to run around with know that I'm, I'm out because they're still doing the same thing. And I I can't be in that environment. Next thing I tell them is you're gonna have to humble yourself and take a job that you may not want. And you may have to put up with some unfair treatment, you know, but you have to have a bigger picture in mind for yourself. You have to say, okay, I know I've got to right. <laughs> give a random drug test, random inspections. Okay.
1: Used to
0: uh mhm y- You know. A lot of the women, just like a lot of, you know, a lot of people think it's just men that want sex when they come out. There are a lot of women who want sex too. You've been locked up for 20 years and you haven't had a man in 20 years. You want that touch of a man, you know? And so don't just give in to the first man you see who makes googly eyes at you. (laughs) Make sure that that man has good intentions towards you. And then I tell them very hard, try not to make the same mistakes and get in a church.
1: For sure. You know? A support um, group. You need
0: yes. support.
1: You need support. You can't yes. do it by yourself.
0: Yes. And there are there are support groups out there for ex-offenders. Okay. Join one. It's just okay. like it's just like being an alcoholic. Join those groups because you can learn. From people who have been out successfully,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know, uh, I said, but more importantly, you want to get into a church right. so that you can hear the word of God preached to you. Yeah. And you don't want to church hop because <laughs> church hopping, I go to your church this Sunday, Michelle, I go to my church next no. Sunday. I go to Joe Blow's church the following Sunday. That's not I'm, so. I'm starting to get so many different doctrines and teachings that I'm more confused than I was when I was behind bars. Sure. Find you one church that you like and stay there for a year or two. Get that sound doctrine in you. You know, learn what it is because you can always go up and pray. I have friends who call me and say, listen, I just need you to pray for me. <laughs> you don't know why? Okay. I just need prayer. And I'm like, okay, you know, I don't need to know your situation. If you're asking me to pray for you, then it must be serious. So I'm going to take it serious. I'm going to pray for you. But as an ex-offender, you are coming out of jail like your topic, come as you are. You are coming as you are to a church, to an employer, to a man, to a woman, to your family. You are coming as you are, raw and naked. And you're asking for help and support. And it is imperative especially for the church to be able to take the lead
1: yes
0: and providing you those spiritual physical emotional and mental outlets that you need and spiritual yes come to church hear the word of god be taught the word of god go to bible study that's good but okay. the church also is a place for social outlet yes not so much during covid But when COVID is not around, our church had family game night. There were women ministry things that women could do there. We had a men's basketball team, summer things for young people. where both adults and your children's and family can participate in. There are a lot of social outlets that the church provides.
1: Your church, what's the name of your church again? My name of
0: my church is Community Baptist Church of Greater Milwaukee. 2249 North Sherman Boulevard, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and who's where the pastor the is Dr. Demetrius K. Williams.
1: Well, I commend your pastor, uh, Reverend Williams, um, but that is great. But thank you so much. This is just what we needed. And I really like what you said. The church needs to take the lead. That was a great conversation. We just finished up with Clyde Williams. Listening to it, we can tell that he has a lot of experience working in prison ministry because we learned a lot here are my takeaways from my chat with him one is be humble that's hard in itself but it's even harder for those that's coming out of prison that's been told what to do all day long being humble is especially hard for them number two Due to being imprisoned, they have a lack of knowledge of current technology. For instance, working a cell phone or even a laptop or a computer. This you absolutely need because this is what you use to contact employers, to contact people, even to get information. So understanding current technology is very important. The next takeaway is, their criminal record is hindering their progress as well as their reputation. For instance, if something gets stolen, they're the ones that is looked at because of their background. Also because of their background, it's difficult to find employment because that's one of the boxes that they have to check when they're filling out an application. The last one is reestablishing broken relationships. Many of these ex-felons have broken relationships within their families, especially with children. And it's already difficult to raise children, but let alone be away from them a long time and come back into their lives. That's going to be really hard to do. My heart goes out to them that have children and struggling to reestablish those relationships. Well, those are my takeaways. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Until next time, I'm Michi J, wishing you a week filled with blessings. Thanks for tuning in to the show. For more information on our guests and resources, visit prisonersparting.com. If you're enjoying the content, follow, like, and subscribe to this podcast. Also, please be sure to leave a rating and review. Until next time, God bless.